This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you today to Great News and God's Views, a half-hour weekly broadcast on Free FM 89.0, Independent Community Media. Our worship theme today, God is revealed to us most completely in Jesus Christ. Who dares to be free? Endless variations on an old theme. We read from Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Poor Martha, she's been held up as the bad example in millions of sermons, ridicules the tattletale of worrywart, the kind of hostess no one really enjoys visiting because anxiety poisons her hospitality. Preachers have speculated on what dishes she may have been preparing out there in the kitchen and pontificated on the adequacy of sandwiches and other simple foods. Other clergy have exhorted their listeners to find a proper balance in life, a Mary and a Martha kind of discipleship with time devoted to prayer and work. Some listeners may question her relevance in an age of two career families. Does the problem of over-elaborate dinner parties exist beyond the world of socialite wannabes? In a culture where one out of three meals is eaten in a restaurant, fewer people can identify with the challenges of gracious entertaining in the home. Feminist critics may justifiably challenge traditional interpretations of the text, which seem to pit one woman against another. Others see in the story of Mary and Martha reinforcements of negative and or repressive stereotypes about women, complaining, manipulative, competing for male attention, requiring correction by male authorities. What's really cooking here? Those sceptics who fessed on the strained connection between Mary and Martha's world and our own inadvertently do the church a valuable service. They imply the need for us to imagine ourselves back into the customs and mores of first-century Judaism. In the context in which the event occurred, the episode was shocking, not for reproving Martha, but for praising Mary. As far as far as Jesus' own culture was concerned, Martha was in the right. She knew how to serve itinerant rabbis, how to treat guests with honour. She knew that her place was back in the kitchen. The apostles had probably expected Jesus to rebuke Mary because she was breaking the rules. It was a custom for a Jewish man to pray every morning, thanking God he was not born a slave, a Gentile, or a woman. A common saying of the time was it was better for the Torah to be burned than to be put in the hands of a woman. So for Mary to sit at Jesus' feet, just as any student of a great rabbi would, was scandalous. 
For Jesus to commend her was incredible. And for Jesus to speak to Martha in the way that she did was less correction than it was an invitation. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The good portion is not a choice dish prepared for the occasion. It is, to paraphrase Fanny J. Crosby, to choose Jesus as my everlasting portion. The Saviour came into the world to set people free from bondage to the past, free from the tyranny of public opinion, free from graceless, joyless patterns of behaviour that keep us away from his presence. Martha was encouraged to dare leaving all that behind and feast on the same fellowship Mary enjoyed with Jesus. Our Lord commended Mary's daring to exercise the freedom he brings, breaking with customs and Risking her sister's disapproval, she delighted in Jesus' words and presence. The one thing needful is desiring Christ above all else, security, popularity, and conventions. We're offered the same freedom when Christ invites us to his table today. Do we dare taste and see that the Lord is good? Our first music today, Like a River Glorious. When Frances Havergal was holidaying in the south of Wales in 1876, she caught a severe cold accompanied by inflammation of the lungs. Hearing how ill she was and that she might die, she replied, If I'm really going, it's too good to be true. Her friends were amazed at how peacefully she received this information. She did survive that illness, and later that year she wrote the hymn Like a River Glorious, in which she pointed to the source of her perfect peace. Stayed upon Jehovah, Hearts are fully blessed, finding, as he promised, perfect peace and rest. Miss Havergill, a devout Bible scholar, echoed Isaiah in Like a River Glorious, in which God promises peace like a river. She also incorporated Isaiah 26.3, which states, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Like a river glorious paints the picture of this peace. Like a river glorious. Oh, uh-huh. 
One of the biggest mysteries in Earth history is what caused the extinction of dinosaurs. There are over 100 theories, including the suggestion that dinosaurs suffered from slipped discs, shrinking brains, or chronic constipation. The most popular idea is that a meteorite hit the Earth and caused dramatic changes in Earth's climate, which led to the demise of the dinosaurs. However, even though this story is often repeated as fact, many scientists don't believe it. For instance, in their book The Great Dinosaur Extinction Controversy, two evolutionary scientists explain how the meteorite idea has become a new dogma that has outstripped the evidence. They expose many problems with the theory. For instance, how did some organisms that require daily sunlight inexplicably manage to survive an event that supposedly blacked out the sun and caused 50% of species on Earth to go extinct? So it appears that even the best evolutionary theory of dinosaur extinction can't see the light of day. To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We continue with Jesus Shall Reign. This reflects an 18th century vision of the World Church. Rooted in the language of Psalm 72, Isaac Watts, 1674-1748, paraphrased this psalm in ways that reflected his time and the political position of England and the rise of the British Empire. Jesus shall reign.
The Power of the Faithful Few Thomas Merton, the author, priest, monk, wrote a book called The Seven-Story Mountain. In it he recalls the shaky and unsettling years immediately following the Second World War, when people around the world were deeply concerned that a new war would soon break out. Recognising the power of the newly created atomic bomb, people knew another great war would threaten civilization's very continuation. In the book, Thomas Merton claims that the prayers of the monks in his monastery were the force that held the West together at that time in history. Their prayers, he stated, gave our world a much-needed continuing peace. Such a claim appears audacious, impulsive and overconfident to many readers upon first glance. A few monks in some isolated monastery responsible for saving the world from nuclear catastrophe? But if you think about it for a while, who's to say Merton is wrong? Who can provide the proof that a small group of devoted monks praying faithfully for some particular outcome did not by those prayers hold the West together and keep the world relatively peaceful in such a perilous time? Who's to say they didn't? There is power, real life and history changing power in the faithfulness of the committed few. When we read the story of Abraham pleading with God for mercy on the wicked city of Sodom, this spiritual truth may be seen on two levels. There is power in the faithful few. Every student of the Bible knows the names and reputations of the ancient cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Located on the well-watered, fertile Jordan plain, they were wicked, evil places who had attempted sexual perversity and gross inhospitality led to their ultimate condemnation by God. We read from Genesis chapter 18, beginning at verse 20. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it which has come unto me, and if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are herein? That be far from thee to do this after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as wicked, that be far from thee? Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the places for their sake. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken on me to speak unto the Lord, which I am but dust and ashes. Peradventure there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he spoke unto him again and said, Peradventure there should be forty found there. And he said, I will not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him, O let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure there should be thirty found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak with the Lord. Peradventure there shall be twenty found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, O oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. 
but eventually there should be for lack five of the fifty righteous. Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said there, if I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. Sodom, however, was the place where Abraham's nephew Lot had settled. It's from that knowledge that at least some persons faithful to God lived there, as we see Abraham pleading with God to spare the city. Thus the possibility that even a few persons faithful to God lived in what was otherwise a morally bankrupt area leads to a temporary stay of execution. Here we see a demonstration that God's heart is touched and God's actions modified, even if a faithful few can be found in a given situation. Perhaps Merton was right to claim this little band of faithful praying monks were able to touch God's heart and modify history by their presence and their supplications. There is power in a faithful one. Not only is there power in a faithful few, in fact just one person of real faith can make a difference. That's another clear truth to be found here. While there were some faithful persons living in Sodom, it takes just one faithful person, Abraham, to plead their case. In what's an amazing bargaining session with God, Abraham becomes a single agent seeking mercy for an entire city. First, Abraham convinces God to spare the city if just 50 faithful persons can be found within its gates, then if 45 persons can be found. The pleading continues, 40, 30, 20. Finally, Abraham bargains God down to the place where God will have mercy if just 10 persons of faith can be found. Talk about the power of just one faithful person. How many of us fail to recognize the power of the faithful few, or even the faithful one? Are we putting into action our faith as small faith communities in comparison with the total population by pleading with God to have mercy on our towns and cities? Are we as faithful individuals interceding for others and a broken world that by all measure deserves God's punishment and destruction? Never let us overlook the power of the faithful few, or even one. You are listening to Great News in God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or TuneIn, and now on Amazon Echo devices using the Free FM 89 Alexa skill. We continue with It Is Well Both My Soul. Oh 
We recently asked you to pray for Azia Bibi, a Christian in Pakistan, who was recently acquitted after eight years in prison of the crime of blasphemy. Azia Bibi has now been released from prison and for her safety is now residing in an undisclosed location in Pakistan. Multiple Western countries have offered Asia asylum, including Canada, which is currently in the process of offering asylum. Meanwhile, the question as to whether Asia is going to be allowed to leave the country is uncertain. The Pakistani government previously made a deal with Islamic protesters, stating that it would, they would start the process of having her name added to a no-fly list, which would stop her exiting the country. It is unknown, however, if the government can achieve this. A government official in recent days has stated that the government cannot stop her exiting the country as she has been acquitted. Therefore, the near future for Asia is unknown to us. However, please join us in continuing to pray for her. Some prayer points are as follows. Pray that God will protect Asia safely from violent extremists seeking to enforce the death penalty themselves. Pray that the government would allow and facilitate her exit into a safe country where she will not have her life threatened. Pray for her persecutors that they may come to see Christ. When I Survey the Wondrous Cross Written by Isaac Watts, one of the greatest hymn writers of all time.
This is Peter and Tricia thanking you for joining us today for Great News and God's Views on Free FM F89.0 Independent Community Media. We would love to hear your comments on this show. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.